Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. Clinical nutritionist Sarah DiLorenzo has dedicated her career to overhauling the health of Australians of all ages. Growing up with a father who is a psychiatrist and a mother who is a nurse, caring for health of others has always been in Sarah's DNA. Sarah's Greek heritage meant family meals were based on the Mediterranean diet, and it's those principles of healthy eating and fresh produce that guide Sarah's holistic approach to health and wellness. For over three years, Sarah has been a regular presenter on Weekend Sunrise and Sunrise as a health and diet expert, sharing information with viewers on a healthy diet and eating the right foods to help with sleep, stress, weight loss, immunity, and slowing down the aging process. Her approach is not about the latest fad diets or quick fixes, nor is it about denying ourselves of the foods that we love. Sarah's method is a long-term strategy using a combination of portion education and sensible intermittent fasting that gives clients and followers the tools they need to be a healthy weight for life and to feel and look good inside and out. In this episode, I invited Sarah to share her insights on metabolic health, managing glycemic and cortisol spikes, and alternatives to drugs and fad diets to manage perimenopause and hormonal weight gain. Sarah's program and books focus on sustainable and beauty-boosting lifestyle changes that are truly transformative and sustainable. Beyond detoxes and celebrity trends, Sarah's experience as a clinical nutritionist is founded on evidence-based, scientific, and proven changes that work, and they work fast. Sarah's first book, The 1010 Diet, The Healthy Way to Lose 10 Kilos in 10 Weeks, was published by Simon & Schuster in January 2022, quickly becoming a bestseller followed by the 1010 Diet Recipe book, and now Sarah's third book, the 1010 Kickstart, has hit all the bestseller lists and currently is in the top five nonfiction Australian books. There is no better guest to talk about nutrition and sustainable weight management than my friend, Sarah DiLorenzo. Ozempic is for people who are completely compromised with their health. They are a type two diabetic who could have who could be having you know, potential amputations or ulcerated legs, who could have issues with their vision. They're also for people who are morbidly obese for whatever reason, they have a morbid obesity. So these people are already completely compromised. So something like Ozempic is fantastic for them to get them out of a danger zone and get them into a healthy weight. Now, Ozempic will advertise itself as a, as a, in a weekly injection and um, it always talks about it's only a short-term solution so it advertises itself that it needs to be done with healthy diet and exercise as well now it's an appetite suppressant 
So, so what, it's an old school, like yeah. as a diet drug, yeah. the thing that's in play here is purely that it's an appetite suppressant. It's not Correct. doing anything else? No. So what it does is it suppresses your appetite and it gets rid of your... and it So says, just like Fen-Fen was 20 years ago or diet pills were 50 years ago, it's the same principle. It's Suppress not, just, your appetite but not change your behaviour. Well, it also works on blood glucose. So it works with production of insulin. So it helps us with our blood glucose regulation, which is why it's so good for type 2 diabetics. Unlike something like Duramine, historically, that remember Duramine? Oh. Speed. That was speed, <laughs> yeah. right? Speed. I mean, what are we doing yeah. to ourselves? It just, it just, uh, I mean, it just, it makes me actually really sad um, when I think about that. So, yeah, no, it works with uh, elevating our, our insulin production, which works with our blood glucose, which is why it's perfect for people with type 2 diabetes. Now, what has happened is obviously influencers have got their hands on it, they've posted their Ozempic journey. They talk about the, they've posted, you know, this huge weight loss. It also slows down the emptying of our stomach. So there's as well, like whatever you eat, I think it just slows down that. Now, this has been used by celebrities. There was jokes at the Oscars recently about. The Ozempic face. The Ozempic <laughs> face, right? There's all Not this a compliment. That is not a compliment. No, and. And Kim Kardashian very has been the Kardashians use it. That she used it to get into that Marilyn Monroe dress, apparently. I mean, okay, so I've been hearing about it a lot. I am completely and utterly against it for so many reasons. First of all, it does not teach you a healthy relationship with food. All it teach and everything. What happens when you stop injecting yourself with Ozempic? You put the weight back on because psychologically you haven't educated yourself on how to eat, what to eat, how to work that in with your circadian rhythms, understanding your portion control, the importance of that holistic approach of sleep, diet, exercise, that gets people to lose weight and keep that weight off for life because they've changed from they've changed their ways from their old normal that made them overweight in an unhealthy weight. They've learned a long-term solution. So Ozempic is a, a short-term solution. What horrifies me about this, and I've, I've kind of tried to look at the long-term studies, first of all, side effects, dizziness, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, constipation, right? They're, and in the clinical trials of this, 73% of participants suffered those mild symptoms. I ask you that question because last year, um, I was so amazed by the difference understanding my internal health dashboard gave me like and again as I said I discovered it in my mid 40s mm -hmm. and I thought gosh imagine if you got this information from your 20s in your yeah. 30s and 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 did it all the time that I actually launched a virtual clinic as part of Ageless and partnered with a pathology company because so many of my readers and listeners were saying but my doctor doesn't do these tests so I don't know who to see so we partnered with a pathology company and and I work with a naturopath to determine, I think, a set of seven functional health tests that you can order online with us. And then this company will send you the pathology reports. You go and get um, the bloods or the stool test, and then they send the results to you and your health practitioner, or you can have a telehealth consult with their doctor to review your results and then from there make recommendations. And I also add to that DNA testing, which I think is hugely informative and interesting. And as you said, it helps your practitioner make much more informed decisions 
about the path that they're going to put you on and the compliance and um, the likelihood of success. But I, I am I'm really um, interested when I speak to experts on how much reliance they place on understanding the internal dashboard. And yeah, of course, it makes sense that you do it because, you know, you get great results. But yeah, I, I wanted to ask that question. Yeah, but, yeah. I, and then how often do you ask your um, patients or do you review those results? Well, it depends on what we're treating. So for example, if I'm working alongside a GP and I do that a lot, so if I'm working alongside a GP, say, in lowering someone's cholesterol, because I will see a lot of people who have gone to the GP. The GP says, okay, you've got to go on statins. And they're like, ah. So they, the GP, I will, I will see these people. And within six months, I will get someone just with diet. I will get there and a few little sup supplements, like some just good, really good curly fish oil. I will just work at getting their cholesterol down. So I know how to get cholesterol down with diet within 12 weeks. But what we do, so I will get those, for example, it just depends on what I'm treating if we're on how often I would test because um, if it's functional testing can be, it can be incredibly expensive. I'm always very mindful. It is expensive. Of, it is expensive. It is. And I'm very mindful, especially in today's current climate with interest rates and all, what I, I only prescribe supplements when they're essential. Um, I always work with food first, but there is a lot of cases, especially when it comes to gut health, where I just need to get some good bacteria in there and, and I need to really give this patient some relief. And, and so I'm a very big believer in probiotics and very against any kind of laxative or, or stool relaxing um, medications over the counter, because there is a recent study that came out that clearly demonstrated that anyone who uses uh, laxatives long term has got a 51% increased risk of dementia. So, and that just, and so these kind of things. And I, is it because I, of the gut bacteria that they're? It, it's that, but also it's it's just all that gut brain axis, that link yes. to it. There's a lack yes. of good bacteria. The bacteria is being eradicated all the time through that rapid, um, through probably what diarrhea and, and just the just the, the bowel being constantly irritated. Mm. It's not a good microbiome. It's not a healthy environment. So there is that increase. So, so look, there's everyone's individual. We're all what works for one, what doesn't work for other. When it comes to testing, I will if they've if money's not an object, I would do a and we'll do more functional testing. If um, it just it it depends, but uh, and also when I'm working alongside specialist doctors, when we're looking at like getting people off something more serious like blood pressure medications, because I do a lot of work with reversing medica people off medication. So they if it, but that also. For me to get someone on medication, I also have to have the patient that has, it, there's a big onus there as a responsibility of someone's health because they're already in a disease state. Yeah. So when you're doing that kind of stuff, the patient has to work, I mean, alongside you. For example, blood pressure. I get my patients to take their blood pressure three times a day. They have to put it into a spreadsheet. We have to sit there. We monitor it. Spreadsheet goes 30 days later to the GP or the cardiologist, and then we tweak the medication. And then we tweak it again. And then we move it to every second day. And then that person, person, but there's only a certain type of patient who will do that. And it's the patient who is interested in long-term health and wellness. You know, what What are some things that we can do? Because I learned all this at 45 because I, you know, surrounded myself with a raft of experts. I wish I'd learned it in my 20s. I wish I'd learned it in my teens. I know. Okay. So I'm just going to start by saying I am the mother of three girls. I'm a single mother. I've raised them for the last 10 years by myself, 100%. They're now almost 14, 18, and 20. So what you're doing with your gorgeous Lily is something that has been at the forefront of my 
uh, of my parenting. Um, if I do ever get time in my life, I would do a speaker's circuit about this in visit schools um, because it's really important. Um, it's very, it's so important for the girls of our generation. I'm going to start with parents first. So you're, you, that's, you're, that's actually yeah. right because we're the custodians. Correct. You know, your we child, make the decisions. Yeah. Your child is a sponge. And yeah. she, everything, everything, she is watching everything that you're eating and you're doing as my kids watched everything I was eating and doing. First of all, A, to learn from you, B, they care about you and they want to know that you're doing the right thing. So I, look, I started with my children from a very young age and I can honestly say hand on my heart, I am so proud of my three daughters and their relationship with body image, self-worth, self-esteem. And food, first of all, I've raised three incredible daughters who have an amazing self-esteem without raising narcissists because there's a fine line with narcissism and good self-esteem in a parent, from a parenting perspective. Um, I always did, did believe in raising kids with a good sense of um, self, self-esteem because they, if someone's got good self-esteem, they're going to make good decisions within their life. And that could be about who they associate with, who they partner with, and also how they treat their body. Um, I my kids were lucky enough for having me as a mum with my career and and my profession and my passions for me to educate them. So I always believed in the why, not you need to eat your broccoli. I would just say, look, the reason why I want you to eat the broccoli, first of all, it's a great source of fibre, but it's also got a magic in it called vitamin A, which is great for your vision, vitamin C, you won't get sick. It's like medicine in broccoli that's all natural, vitamin K for your bone to keep your calcium there. So I always would explain why I wanted my children to do certain things. So they understood that without being, t- I don't ever believe in telling you with ch- raising children, don't tell them because they just hear an instruction. You have to explain. And if you don't know the answer, Google it and sit there and say, <clears throat> look, I really want you to eat these carrots because well, not only they're delicious, but, you know, for other reasons. So that's my big thing with parenting. Yeah. One of the things that I really loved when we were speaking before doing the show is that you want to drop the word diet completely oh, from all of word. your publications. Mm. And you are, uh, you know, multiple best-selling time-selling author. You've sold over 80,000 books. And your first book is called The 1010 Diet. Your second book is 1010 Recipes. And um, the third book is called... 1010... Well, like, t- so the first book's... Yeah, 1010 Kickstart. No diet word in that one. Exactly. Because I, I insisted. I just put my foot down. Which I really, really like. But let's talk about 1010 because yeah, one okay. of the things that... Uh, it circles back to the beginning of our conversation is that in 1010... Yeah, you're actually promising similar results to something like Ozempic. Correct. The yeah. same amount of weight loss in the same kind of time frame, mm-hmm. but it is forever and it mm-hmm. doesn't make you ugly and it doesn't make you stressed and it doesn't make you want to kill yourself or <laughs> have nausea Bomber and di- diarrhea and exactly. So let's talk about from your research what 1010 is about. And we won't call it diet. What is what is the philosophy okay. of 1010 eating and nutrition? Okay, so uh, there's so much. I mean, look, I'm going to start with saying um, 
1010 was born in, in about 10 years ago. So 1010 is based on my on how I live. So that was the foundation because uh, that's why I, I want to know about it. Okay, so the good. 10 thank you, darling. I the just 10, saw you in a bikini on the weekend and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take your advice. Okay, I'll take your advice. <laughs> okay, so 1010, the the 10 foundation is based on how I live. And I started writing it and prescribing it in in my own clinic with my patients 10 years ago because I just didn't want to do other diets because I didn't agree with them for whatever reasons and I didn't think that they worked. Now, all the and I'm an evidence-based practitioner. I'm a, I, in my spare time, I read studies and I'm obsessed with constantly evolving and research and findings and I love my space. The reason why it's 10, so 10, 10 uh, is um, 10 kilos in 10 weeks. Now, the average person wants to lose and there'd be a small amount that was going to lose the last five, but most people who would, who are really focused on weight loss want to lose between 10 to 15 or plus kilos, but that's the average. Keeping in mind that a dress size is actually five to eight kilos. So when we lose, people think a dress size is about two kilos. Now, the reason why I wanted to do it over 10 weeks, because all the science clearly demonstrates that if you do something for longer than 66 days, you are going to make a lifelong habit about habit of habit. That's right. Neuroscience yep. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So rewire the pathway, yep. it Correct. becomes you. Yes. And so that's why it's 10 weeks because I am going to change your life and I am going to teach you. So that's why. And the other reason why it's 10 kilos is because I'm a very big believer in preserving our gorgeous muscle, being divinely hydrated, but only losing body fat. The human body cannot lose more than anywhere between sort of 0.8 to about 1.2, maximum 1.5, depending on your size. Um, the 1.5 would be people who are like 140 kilos. Yeah. Um, the people around 70 to 80 kilos, it's about 0.8. And the people are around 100 kilos, it's about a kilo. The human body cannot physically move more fat than that within a week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson.